Alright, heads up, this latest episode of Futuristic Feminist has a few F-bombs, so if you've got sensitivities around bold, progressive women who cuss, boy, are you in the wrong place, and you're definitely not a feminist. For everyone else who works in the resistance, let's get into it. Welcome back to Futuristic Feminist. I'm your host, Michelle Mullet. Today on the podcast, I've invited my friend Courtney Penta to talk about boxing, triathlons, and the powerful potential of the female body. Courtney is a boxing instructor, a personal trainer, and an endurance athlete. Hi, Courtney. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So first off, tell me a little bit about your job as a trainer at Title Boxing Club in Danvers, and then we'll talk about triathlons, competitive sports, and women in traditionally masculine sports. So I got my start as a trainer at Title, I think, five years ago now. It's been that long. Um, I started mm-hmm. off as a member, and before that, I was actually at a different um, boxing and uh, combat gym where I just completely fell in love with boxing and um, just the physicality of it and the training of it and the mindset of it and so then when I moved back home because I was actually out of state at that point when I moved back home I found Title Boxing Club joined became a member and just continued until I got to the point where I was like I think I want to teach people how to do this I think I'm at that point now so um, I was lucky enough to have a bunch of mentors here that just mm-hmm. kind of showed me the way. Um, and thankfully, I'm a musician. That's my other job. So Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so I'm fairly comfortable on a microphone because um, I've been singing my whole life, too. So um, I love it here. I think the best part about being a trainer is just watching the progression of the members uh, and just wa- you know seeing people kind of light up when they t- first take a class and realizing, wow, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that keeps me going. And the other trainers here are fantastic. Um, so yeah, so training, uh, being a boxing instructor at, at title in particular, you know, we have really intense hour long classes that are boxing based. Um, but we each have our own style. We kind of bring in our own, you know, types of warm ups and types of rounds and you can be, there's a lot of room to be really creative. Right. So as a trainer too, I'm always kind of learning and trying to up my game and kind of depending on who's in class or what type of class it is. Uh, getting creative with the way that I present things and teach things and just trying to keep it interesting. It's right. I feel like some trainers are a lot more technical. Yeah. Others are way more like about cord- cardio. Yeah. Um, and some are more about combos. So it's fun to just Absolutely. You know, have all those different styles. Yeah, definitely. Um, so up until this episode, I focused mostly on, you know, looking at the future through political power and women stepping into leadership roles. And today I'd like to talk about women in boxing and women breaking the rules to gain the right to do things like run a marathon or compete in different Olympic sports. Um, There's a great new Nike video that just came out. Did you see it? Oh, absolutely. I reposted (laughs) it, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's basically a reminder to female athletes that, yes, people have always doubted what women are physically capable of, but women persevere and continue to prove them wrong. Um, So something I love about boxing is that it gives me a kind of superpower that I didn't even know I had or was capable of until recently. So when I tell people I'm like an amateur boxer or I take boxing classes, they assume like, oh, you're like into sparring and you're hitting other people. So I'm like, no, I'm not about that at all. (laughs) Um, The challenge for me is really like endurance and a routine that I always try to level up on. So like you've seen on the speed bag, I went from like barely knowing how to hit it six months ago to like... 
I can spin around and hit it with my elbow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so I think women as girls are not taught to challenge themselves like in a physical way and to take up space in a powerful posture or by being physically strong. So how did you get to the level of being a triathlete, which I feel is just such an elite athletic sport, and what obstacles did you have to overcome to get to this point in your life? So I was lucky enough to never grow up in an environment where um, women were taught that they just take a, like, that they're taking up space or they shouldn't compete with men and they shouldn't, they shouldn't strive to be better than men, mm -hmm. physically or, or mentally or, or whatever way. Um, I come from a family of, so it's, it's, a, it's a female-run family for sure. It's a three to two ratio. Um, <laughs> two, I have a sister and a brother and then my mom and my dad. And I, my mother is one of the strongest females I've ever met in my entire life. Mm -hmm. um, and since I can remember, she has always been like, oh, that boy told you you couldn't do that? You better <laughs> go back out there and show him that you can do that. Right. Like it's never been, I've literally never questioned whether I should be playing soccer with the boys or running against the boys or wrestling with the boys or beating right, the crap out of the boys down the street. was never planted in your head. I'm never like, planted girl, in my head. Girls never. do this, boys do that. Never in my right. life. I never right. ever saw that myself being a female and having a female form being a disadvantage. Uh -huh. um, and so I think for me, my experience has been very different. I've watched other women go through that. Um, plenty of my friends, you know, I think most women are right. taught that way mm -hmm. and there have been moments where I felt that um, But I know in my heart and just the way that you know, like I said the way that I was raised It's not real, <laughs> you know, it's not mm -hmm. that's There are things that I'm doing right now at the age of 31 um, That none of my male friends would ever even attempt to do physically let alone do mm -hmm. successfully so um, it's just, it, I've never had that thought, but, um, that being said, triathlon is something that I actually just found in the last year and a half. A year and a half ago, I didn't even know how to ride a, a road bike. Um, and then the only triathlon I've actually done is a full Ironman, which is the longest distance you can do. It's a, uh, 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and a full marathon. And you do it all wow. in one. Yeah. So it takes a while. Um, and it takes a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of training. So, for me, to get to this point, as far as obstacles to overcome, it's been more of an internal battle than a you know. Well, maybe this is a guy's sport, um, or maybe this is you know something I'm not physically able to do. Um, I'm really really pretty confident in my physical ability. I know what I'm capable of, and I know I have not even touched. The potential that I could reach um, and I truly believe that so for me the obstacles have been more like you know day-to-day um, -day stuff like trying to get all the training in that I need to try to get into um, feel like I'm confident in that race and just kind of trying to figure that stuff out but I should say that in college I actually and I'm sure we'll talk about this in other questions too um, my biggest obstacle is I had a pretty severe eating disorder for a number of years, mm -hmm. um, and it was totally nothing to do with other people's perceptions of me. It was completely a perception of myself, which I have was a this really like teenage years or later. So I think it probably started in my senior year of high school, and it mm -hmm. lasted all the way through college until about the age of twenty-six, and mm -hmm. um, so quite a while, and. It was, um, it 
had its like peaks and you know peaks and valleys where it was really bad at times and then it was I had I had it under control. Um, it transitioned from like anorexia and over over exercising to bulimia and over exercising to binge eating and over exercising. Um, it kind of went through all of the all of the parts of that, um, and then kind of around the age of. 24 is when I discovered boxing mm-hmm. and um, I was a college athlete and I just like I still had these bad perceptions of myself or just felt like I was out of control and maybe other ways in my life so I went to kind of eat these terrible eating habits or not eating and right whatnot. when you were in the middle of it did you realize like I'm doing this too much I'm in the gym like three hours a day or something did you realize it or you thought no this is me just being like uh, kind of endurance, hardcore athlete. Yeah, I think um, I think there's a little bit of that. I think there. I, I mean, I don't. I still spend way too much time in the gym, <laughs> and I spend way too much time training. Um, but there's a purpose now, and um, I know when I need to take a rest day, and know when my body's like, Courtney, you need to slow down. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, I would just push through it. Um, so I think there was there were times where I was like. This isn't healthy, but I think that was more with my eating habits um, mm-hmm. than anything else. Like, but to, by the end of college, I was like, "You're really doing damage to yourself. Like, you um, should not be throwing up after me- every meal. Like, this is not healthy. Right? And this is a terrible behavior. Like, this isn't a mental illness. And like, you're not you're not helping yourself. You're not doing what you need to do. And so, um, there was one conversation that I had with my boyfriend at the time, where he basically was like, "You're on a path to like a very 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 scary place if you continue to do this mm-hmm. and he was just very real with me and he was like this is not who you are like you're this one of the strongest women I know why why is one of the strongest women I know so harmful to herself like right. and that's kind of when I had to reflect back on myself and be like what is it that makes me like so self-destructive mm-hmm. um, why do I feel like these are habits that someone who is in every other facet of her life so so sure of herself so independent like why is this why why am I letting this control me right Mm -hmm. but I think that's when I just kind of made the decision to like really really try to pull myself out of it and I found boxing and that was a huge huge um change for me I realized again how I, I was learning something new right um and I think that's a huge part of it is like finding something that you love that's new so you have all this to learn and all of this to master which I never I don't believe you really ma- ever master anything because there's so much right, to but learn. there's like this fun element yeah too, so that you know it compels you to come back because you're like that's just so much fun it's not even feeling like work right. some, most right. of the time exactly and when you have to think about what you're doing you're not thinking about wow this is hard you know like you're like okay I gotta think about this combination I gotta like try to make it feel natural I gotta try to you know so that it, it brought a lot of joy immediately to me hmm. not and then it was also really hard physically and it was also like you had to have strength and you had to have endurance and you had to be fast and you had to be all of these things that I had done throughout sports but I kind of maybe lost sight of when I got really involved in basically all of these eating issues and so on and so forth mm-hmm. so it definitely pulled me out of a dark place um which is why I'm still teaching and still taking when I can taking classes when I can um but then I made the switch circle back because <laughs> I tend to ramble I made the switch to triathlons because I've been racing 
um, in running competitively since I was 11. I love it. I love, I am a, I am a fast twitch athlete in a slow twitch um, athlete's mind, if that makes sense. So like basically <laughs> I look like I should be doing CrossFit and running sprints, but I love the mentality of endurance. Um, and I think because I just love the mental aspect of that, my body has kind of allowed me to not just be, you know, this power athlete or like this explosive athlete. I really can do the endurance stuff. And it's because my mind's like, you want to do that. Like you want to, that's a, most people break. Like most people break at some point. Don't break. That's, that's just the way that my brain works. So um, I've looked at Ironman competitors for years and been like, that is the ultimate strong person. Like, mm-hmm. physically and mentally, and I'm not talking, I mean, none of those athletes can squat, you know, any amount of weight, but their ability to persevere through, a lot of them, 17 hours of straight work, of straight physical labor, That's intense. is so <laughs> impressive, and it's such a, it's such, it speaks so much to people's character and just ability to persevere, and I, I always just wanted to do that, so... Five years ago, I said, I'm going to do an Ironman before I turn 30. Last year, I turned 30 in February. I signed up in October, and so the Ironman was after I turned 30. But I just said to myself. Close enough. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, four months, five months. But after, you know, I just said to myself, when else are you going to do it? You know what I mean? You're not getting any younger. Just give it a shot. And I committed to training, and it didn't go as planned because I ended up with a stress fracture, and that's a whole other story. But I did I did finish it. So, wow. and now I'm like rearing to go for the next one. I cannot wait. I'm, I, I'll compete in as many as I can. So it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so we talked about this a little bit the other day and that's, um, like internalized confidence and bold and sense of powerful self that comes from being strong and muscular and just physically at your best. Um, you know, actually you just talked about boxing competitive sports. But do you have maybe some advice for women or girls out there listening who might not feel as confident or comfortable in their own bodies and maybe want to try something new like boxing? Um, I mean, we already talked about the fact that I wasn't always very confident in my body, obviously, because I was really hurting myself to control whatever poor self-image I had. Um, And I think, well, what I hear often is like, especially from female clients that I have is, well, I wanted to lose weight before I came into the gym. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what do you mean? That's where you, that's why we're here. A gym is here with people to help you and guide you through that process so that you actually can lose the weight. So, well, I want, I'm not, I'm intimidated by the gym. And I'm like, that's where all the work happens. That's where you learn. That's where you grow. Like nobody, especially in this environment, a title boxing club, in Danvers in particular, you walk through that door, any shape and size, any ability level, and you'll never feel like you don't belong here. You never do. Maybe in other gyms, and I totally get that fear then, but... Right, maybe a YMCA or something. Yeah, but here, it's like family. And if you're here and you're working, whatever your ability level Mm -hmm. is, everybody respects that. It's respected, you know? And I think... um, 
it's really hard for us to get out of our own heads as females, and um, especially in a physical space, especially when you walk into a Y and there's a bunch of squat racks and a bunch of massive dudes with like way too many muscles, and you're <laughs> like, my okay. my favorite, the old dudes just hanging out on the wings. Oh like, my God, that's my just favorite. Just gonna sit here for half an hour looking at my phone. Oh my gosh, and I'm like, can you get off that bench? I need it, and you're just sitting there. I don't get it, like, get out, get out of my space. But I do think that we need to realize that that is a very internal fear like that's not you should be I don't want to say confident because I can't instill confidence in someone but you should know that get that walking into a space and trying something new like that is so empowering once you get over that first hump and I just encourage women to, to get over that like I'm, I'm straight up saying it just get over that fear because mm-hmm. what you're gonna benefit like what the benefit you're gonna get from actually just going in and trying something new like boxing or weightlifting or whatever it may be spin is just so much more rewarding than that than right. that particular low confidence about just entering that situation you know right and I feel like for me personally it might not be everybody else's experience but for me the repetition and just yes not even definitely. worrying about results because I didn't see anything for like four months right I looked the same <laughs> as the <laughs> yeah. first day four months later I was like what the fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed doing to be covered <laughs> in muscle now yeah um but the repetition that turns into you realizing this is my good habit yeah. this is what I do yeah. Four or five times a week. This is my time. This is like the best hour of my day. Right. Um, and then real. And then you know the results and looking good. That that's all benefit later. Yeah. But right. I feel like it's just a side effect. It's not why you're here. Right. You know. You're absolutely right. I think that consistency is a huge piece. But people don't realize that in order for that to become a like a repetitive habit, you mm-hmm. actually just have to get into the gym. Like you actually just have to try whatever it is you've been thinking about trying. And so much of us are so afraid to do that, myself included, mm-hmm. that, you know, we just don't. And it's, you either, you got to commit or you, or, you, or you don't. But, again, once you're on the other side of that and it becomes a consistent thing and you're repetitive in your habits, it's, it, like you said, it becomes the best part of your day. It becomes something that you look forward to and it's no longer scary and it's no longer, you know, something that threatens your confidence. Um, I also think that... Um, it's really important for women to compete. And I say this not to compete with one, like not to go into a race and beat everybody. That's not what I'm saying. It's so important important for women to realize that you can be competitive with yourself and it's just going to push you that much further. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, signing up for races and trying races and, and – um, really gives me something to work towards and keeps me focused and keeps me progressing and and doing the training because I know that there is a result at the end. I know that there's a race at the end of that that is going to be the result of all of this, right? So I think it's so important whether you're, you know, maybe it's like you want to run your first mile or you want to run your first 5K. Whatever it is, you want to take your first boxing class. Like, it's okay to be competitive. It's okay to, to be competitive in yourself and want to really better yourself in that way Mm -hmm. um and it's okay to be intense like that's it's awesome it's (laughs) fucking awesome it feels really good to be intense it does and it's and you know the more I think that that's something that women kind of are either they they don't feel like it's okay or when they see other women like that they're really turned off by it they're like whoa that's a little too much but it's like she's got something she's working towards you know and 
so I encourage women to be competitive and kind of take that intensity that you might have in other aspects of your life and, and put it into your physical your physicality because right. what's going to happen is you're just going to get stronger and faster and you're just you're going to you're going to get so much joy out of that accomplishment you totally. know yeah um so let's see talking more about the body you know my body took a serious beating over the last few years you know I had three major abdominal surgeries wow. like two of those were c-sections so having major surgeries <sighs> and then crazy. taking care of a newborn right yeah, after that right, right? So those years, you know, they're five and seven now, but the, back then there wasn't a lot of self-care, right, right happening. Right. I'm, not, I'm so amazed by Natalia, who's one of the members here at the club, shows up with her baby. Oh, it's insane. Punches the back. Yeah, it's, it's I'm very impressed. I couldn't do it back then. Um, so, but even then, though, it took me a long time to get back to my true self. At, I at least learned to accept, like, all the scars and that extra weight as a temporary thing. Um, I think sometimes when we're going through emotional, physical trauma, it can have like this feeling as, you know, right now is who I'm going to be forever. But um, I was always going to remind myself, no, you know, I feel bad right now, but I'm not always going to feel this much like physical pain or limited mobility. Um, Can you tell me a time in your life that was physically and emotionally challenging and how you worked through that? Um, I definitely already mentioned this, just the, the portion of my life that I spent within different types of eating disorders, mm-hmm. um, which I should mention still is something that I struggle with today in that it's a mental illness and it's something that nobody ever, I think, truly beats because it's the, the mindset of like, I want to, I want to be this like, you know, as perfect as I can be is a huge, it's, it's one of the kind of characteristics of being someone that that has an eating disorder and kind of these unrealistic unrealistic expectations and kind of this body dysmorphia um it's something that never quite goes away so while the habits the bad habits that were physically hurting me are not there mm-hmm. the thoughts are still there so i'm still very much working towards being like a healthy part person in my brain <laughs> right. and i think that is something that so many females struggle with on like the broadest of spectrums mm-hmm. because as females we have so many different roles and we take on so many different things and at any given moment we're thinking of so many different people that we have to take we feel like we have to take care of mm-hmm. whether we really do or we or we just assume that we have to um, and so many things that we have to get done because like who else is going to do them type thing right. um, that I think whether you had an eating disorder or not, women are just always trying to kind of size themselves up. And whether they're and when they're doing something for themselves, it almost feels selfish mm-hmm. almost all the time. When I spend hours training, I feel bad about it in some way. Because, I mean, I feel great about the training. I feel great about getting closer to my goal. But I feel bad about, you know, the fact that I'm not, like, with my puppy or, like, <laughs> spending that time, that the free time that I do have with my boyfriend or with my family. But we so make these sacrifices. So over um, that disorder, was that also, like, did you do it by yourself? Did you get a therapist? Um, like, so I... What did that look like? I actually, I saw a couple of therapists, realized that therapy isn't necessarily for me. Um, I just struggle with just kind of opening up in general I think I'm definitely getting better at it the older I get um so I I stopped with the one-on-one therapy but I have a super supportive family 
Um, and when I did finally kind of tell them the extent of what was going on, they really tried to understand. And uh -huh. so the conversation didn't just become something that happened in my head. It became something that right. I could talk they were openly. Able to support you. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like that happens a lot where um, yeah. you get caught in a loop or something. Yeah. You just need to reach out to someone. Exactly. And kind of be like, I need some help here. Yeah. And that's so. that was what I did. And then um, just finding my strength again through boxing and and just really pushing my body to be better and feel stronger and not just not looking I mean the results were awesome because boxing <laughs> is such a good workout no. but actually feeling stronger made me say I don't really need to do these things to myself anymore so um, at the end of every podcast I like to give our listeners a call to action so with so many women in America being motivated to step up and lead and organize and fight back through collective movements like Me Too uh, what are some ways that you think women can take back their power physically this is a really tricky one because I think on a lot of levels there's there's a lot of like variables that are just out of our control as women um, one of them being that most men will never understand like and we're talking from just like a physical standpoint will never understand the fear of walking to your car in the middle of the day on a street that nobody is around and you just don't like maybe it's not a familiar place and your keys are in between your knuckles and you're ready to bust somebody's face open if you need to right. like n most men will never understand that let alone in the middle of the night going into like a parking garage or after work if you're leaving after hours mm -hmm. um, most men will never understand the physical threat like the, like the very real fear of like I might be overpowered and sexually assaulted right now right. and I can tell you that I know at least one person one woman and I say at least because I know multiple women who have experienced some kind of sexual violence in their life and these are like well-educated you know well-off women mm -hmm. that in college or whatever it may be experience something like that and I, I don't think that that's something that in the male brain and as it not I'm not saying every single male obviously but as a collective you know they just they're never gonna know the extent of that and how common it is right. um, so from that standpoint I think it's our as women it, it is imperative that we educate them and we like I tell I talk have this conversation with the men in my life all the time I'm like you just won't like you'll never have that fear you just won't it's not something that you'll have to deal with in your life and it's it's very very real so from that like I think it's really important that they understand that there is like a very physical difference between a man and a woman I'm a strong female a man who's 50 pounds heavier than me is going to overpower me mm -hmm. and that is something that I have to live with you know going into the parking garage or going into wherever it is so I think it's our job to definitely let them know that's not okay, this is a real fear because it happens all the time. And I also think we also we need to educate men and just society on the fact that for years and years and years, women kind of defined their own beauty through the eyes of men. If you look right, at, the you know what I mean? Gaze. Yeah, the male gaze. Like that's, so that's very... I have to wear high heels and makeup and exactly. look a certain way. That's, um, I think that's, that carries over even right now. Like I know women that are running for office, and there used to be a whole class just on like these are what this is what women politicians should look like. That's you're crazy. gonna wear a skirt, not pantsuit nation. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're gonna wear high heels. You're gonna wear makeup and do your hair and your nails. And now it's like no, we don't have to. Yeah, we don't we need don't to have look, to look, this look 
Yeah. Like there's no etiquette version classes. of a dude. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think, um, I think time, excuse me, times are definitely changing. Um, in that that's, like you said, that's becoming less of a, of a kind of, of a norm, I guess. Um, but it's still our, I think it, as women, it's our, it's really important that we show men that like your standard of beauty doesn't necessarily reflect on me and and if you know if you don't like a muscular build or if you don't like a, like a tall thin build then great good for you <laughs> I'm not interested right. you know it's not it doesn't mean I'm any less beautiful than the next woman it doesn't mean I'm any less powerful I'm any less self-assured it's just that's what you prefer just like you know I prefer four cups right. of coffee a day <laughs> I kind of like know. you know over time hopefully in the future you know the value of a woman is not going to be based on just simply because right. of the way she looks. Then right. is she, you know, a viable, like, partner right. for you? Like, right, I don't really care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's, I, I really do think that that is the, that is the mindset that we have to take as females. Is like, I don't, okay, so you, I'm not your preferred type. I don't care, right? Like, but I also want, like, I also think it's important for us females to, let men know that there is no like particular type like I'm I think and I think part of that too is that as females we need to be supportive of one another and I think you know I look at I I read all these things because I follow a lot of like CrossFit athletes and triathletes and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. throughout the fitness industry and on social media and there's like one type of athlete that's putting down another athlete's type of training and you know so like ton you know people are like CrossFit women are too muscular or, you know, bar class is silly. Like, I totally have that thought sometimes. (laughs) I'll be the first to admit it. I'm probably not going to take a bar class anytime soon. But my sister loves it, and she's a stellar – she was a college athlete too. Like, that's just what she likes to do. And I think as women, we have to realize that we're not helping ourselves if we put each other down. We're not helping ourselves if we think one body type is the body type that isn't – Right, and getting caught up in all these, yeah, these conversations about – yeah, just different bodies and different ways of doing things and different ways of looking. Like, we can all put that to rest at this point. I think so. And the reality of it is, if you're moving and you feel good about yourself and you're doing things in a healthy way, I'm going to support you to the end of time. Like, why, fuck yeah, why wouldn't I, you know? <laughs> like, I, why, I don't care if you're 5'10 and 125 pounds and you do bar or whatever it is and I'm over here squatting your weight you know it doesn't matter it what matters is that that person is enjoying themselves and through fitness and through health and taking ownership over their body and their progress like there's right. nothing better I than think that that's one of the best things about boxing for me is just having this agency and like being able to like level up is what I call it yeah and I totally just, uh, learn something or I can I can see the difference of, like, when I first started, I couldn't even finish a class. Right. And now I can do, like, the 12 rounds class and then still be, like, that's it. Okay, <laughs> like, I'm going to go, like, you know, pound it's a not every time, but... and, like, look like a freaking <laughs> professional. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so cool. Oh, yeah. No, I totally get it. I'm at that point with tri- uh, triathlon. My schedule has changed this last year. I've made insane amounts of growth in all of the three um, aspects, and it's been, I've been leveling up and I just, every time I level up, I want more, you know, and that's the, that's that competitiveness within myself that I think is so hugely important. And I think part of that, and I'm going to go come back to this is, you know, taking your power physically as a woman is finding something physical that you love to do 
and just trying to get better at it all the time. And the amount of confidence and the amount of, you know, resilience and perseverance that you'll get from just that process Mm -hmm. within yourself, that goes out into the world. And there are men that are just like, some men are in all of it. And the ones that aren't, don't even waste your time. (laughs) That's how I feel. Well, I mean, thank you so much, Courtney, (laughs) for being on the show today. That was awesome. The beautiful ending to the show. And um, that's it for today. Thanks. And good luck on your triathlon. Thank you. All right, just a quick special thank you to my title boxing family for letting me record in the gym. Um, All those background sounds were just kind of closing up after MMA class. And I really appreciate everything you've done for me. Andrew, Keen, Natalia, Courtney, Brian, Matt, Anthony, and Laura, thanks so much for teaching me the power of endurance and the possibilities of unlimited potential. Keep fighting the good fight.